This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Ten years ago, I worked as a fact checker and screener at a public radio station. My job was to make sure that the information that reached listeners was true and verifiable, and I was very good at it. The day the radio station closed, I took home a single box of files destined for the incinerator. I've remained its sole custodian ever since. There's a reason I saved this one box, and there's a reason no one else has ever seen its contents. These were America's lost stories. These were the stories that didn't pass muster with our less intrepid fact-checkers. Those who would dismiss the unusual and impossible out of hand. These stories died in darkness, forsaken, forsworn, and forgotten. Forgotten, that is, by everyone but me. My name is Richard Niles, and these are the stories of the American Beyond. Tonight's file focuses on the small-town community of Greenview, Montana, specifically during the year of 1989. It was that spring when local police started receiving reports of rocks being hurled from an overpass above I-71. The first logged complaints, received in late March, were unremarkable, resulting in no injuries and mild property damage to a privately owned transport company. The reports increased in early April and finally drew the attention of local news when a motorist named Jean Smoles sustained minor injuries after one such rock landed on the hood of her car and drove her off the road. Local law enforcement stepped up their patrol presence in the surrounding area and hoped that would be enough to discourage further incidents. It was not. Despite the increased police presence, the number of rock-throwing incidents continued to rise, even as arrests were made. According to an anonymous officer of the Greenview Police Department, quote, After we made the first arrest, we're thinking, you know, we got the guy. Next day, another rock hits a car. This time, a baby loses an eye. So now we're thinking copycat. Second arrest is made. More rocks thrown. And so on, until we've got half a dozen arrests and the rocks are still getting tossed. Then, the Briars kid was killed. End quote. Andrew Briars was taking his first driver's license test when a person or persons unknown threw a hunk of concrete the size of a watermelon onto his student driver vehicle. The concrete smashed the windshield of the car, striking Byers, who was declared dead by paramedics on the scene. The perpetrator of this crime was never caught, although the city of Greenview did approve the installment of a chain-link fence on either side of the overpass in order to prevent the throwing of further large-sized debris. The frequency of rock-throwing incidents subsequently decreased. The Greenview Police Department made headlines again in June of 1989 when a leaked internal quarterly report showed a dramatic increase in violent crime. The department first presented this to the public as a result of the spike in rock-throwing incidents, but after a broader expose by a local paper, they conceded that violent crime had risen across the board. As the reports of rock-throwing rose, so did the reports of assault, property damage, arson, and vehicular manslaughter. The expose also revealed an overstretched department that, despite a record-high budget, appeared to be incapable of rising to the challenge before them. A former officer with the Greenview Police Department spoke with a reporter years later on the condition of anonymity. Quote, It wasn't just the sheer amount of violent crime, which was suddenly staggering. It was the nature of the crimes. Some of this stuff was really, just really beyond the pale. 
One such crime, according to the source, was detailed in a report from an anonymous criminal informant. Quote, It was me and Wimpy and Adams, and we're sitting around the fire one night, doing our thing, just chilling. Wimpy and Adams been thick as thieves long as I've known them. Never seen one without the other. I mean, they're tight. But this one night, I didn't know if Adams was into a good batch or a bad batch, but he's tripping. Starts giggling to himself louder and louder like he's thinking about one of those jokes that gets funnier the more you think about it. I mean, he's got tears in his eyes. So one of us, I don't remember if it was me or Wimpy, one of us asks him, you know, what's so funny? Adams says, watch this. Now, Adams is one of the nicest guys you'd ever hope to meet. He'd give you the coat off his back if you asked nice enough. But this man stands up, pulls out the little container of lighter fluid we use to get the fire going, and without missing a beat, he douses Wimpy in this expletive deleted. After a second, Wimpy starts laughing. It's water, Wimpy says. It's okay, it's just water. But then Adams pulled out a box of matches. He strikes it, flicks it at Wimpy like like it was nothing. Starts laughing again. Now, I'm screaming. Wimpy's screaming. I couldn't tell which was which, but I remember grabbing my sleeping bag and using it to smother the fire. Afterwards, Wimpy's on the ground, his clothes cooked onto his skin, and I ask Adams, why would you do that? Adams laughs, and he says, because he's scared of fire. End quote. This senseless act of violence was indicative of the sort of crime overwhelming the Greenfield police throughout the spring and summer of 1989. According to publicly released case files, other crimes included the rampant rock-throwing on the interstate, live burials, the intentional luring of grizzly bears into public spaces, and the forced administration of paralytics into victims at a local rail yard. These crimes were often committed against the perpetrator's friends, family members, romantic partners, or total strangers at the wrong place at the wrong time. The motivations behind them elusive and unknowable. The anonymous source from within the Greenview PD says department leadership blew off the upswing in particularly heinous crimes as, quote, crazies getting crazier, end quote. The source also claims department leadership discovered a significant number of crimes involved a new street drug, yet waited weeks to issue an internal statement on the subject. According to the department source, quote, we started to put together a lot of the worst offenders were using a crystallized amphetamine we'd never seen before. You could smoke it, snort it. I saw a guy chewing it once. It didn't look a lot different than the usual stuff, but if you looked close enough, you could make out little flecks of something shiny, like glitter. They were calling it Sparkle. Over 30 years later, information regarding Sparkle's origins is extremely limited. It has never been determined whether its creation was accidental or intentional, nor do we know exactly when it was first introduced to the Greenview community. We know, due to public records, the first arrest report to mention Sparkle by name was written on June 3, 1989. However, a string of arrest reports dating as far back as February of that year describe incidents that fit the profile for Sparkle-related activity. Noted pharmaceutical scientist and forensic toxicologist Dr. Lester Aitken discussed Sparkle at an Arizona research summit in 2019. Quote, Sparkle wasn't like any other amphetamines of its day. 
it interacted with the amygdala and cortisol receptors in a very unique way, delivering an intense high when the user inflicted cruelty upon others. The more cruel the act, the greater the effect. Even more insidiously, the user retained an uncommonly high level of cognitive awareness throughout the experience. So you have this drug that rewards the user for committing these unspeakable acts while also granting them, more or less, full use of their mental faculties. Some of the acts it inspired were atrocities. Make no mistake. End quote. News of Sparkle and its apparent effects broke in July, and by August, the Greenview Police Department was budgeted for a revamped anti-drug task force focused on ending the scourge of not only Sparkle, but all illegal drugs in Greenview. Per the anonymous former Greenview officer, quote, These guys enjoyed almost completely unfettered movement. Everything they did was covered under a single signed and sealed order, and their oversight was non-existent. They immediately started knocking down houses one after another. They'd jump on anything that sounded like Sparkle. We get a call someone left their dog in the car? Animal cruelty might be Sparkle-related. Task Force is on it. End quote. City records show the majority of the task force's anti-Sparkle efforts were focused on low-income neighborhoods east of the interstate. But the Greenview Department source says that isn't congruent with his experiences with the drug's users. Quote, Early on, you might see Sparkle on the east side, but by the time summer rolled around, this was no longer a cheap drug. In terms of value, this was somewhere just north of high-quality cocaine. It wasn't something you were likely to find in the areas they were hitting. Any sparkle I found that late in the year was on the west side, where all the money was. End quote. It will never be known exactly how effective the task force would ultimately have been in its crusade. On August 8th of that year, the Greenview Police Department received an anonymous phone call alerting authorities to a warehouse six miles outside of city limits. The caller alleged it was the sole site of production and distribution for any and all sparkle in Greenview and beyond. The entirety of the GPD descended upon that location within 16 minutes, where they did indeed find an elaborate production lab with a neighboring site for packaging and distribution. What little security the site did have seemed to be caught completely unaware, and long accustomed to operating with impunity on the furthest edge of city limits, they were taken into custody with minimal resistance. Two hours later, the anonymous tipster made contact again, per the former Greenview officer. Quote, I heard the tape. He was still laughing his ass off. The detective on the call asked the guy why he did it. Was it a personal vendetta? A territorial beef? Guy says, Are you kidding? People will be going through excruciating withdrawals for weeks. The thought of it has me so high I've gone blind. End quote. True to the tipster's word, the flow of sparkle onto and through the streets of Greenview immediately slowed to a trickle, and by the turn of the new year, it was thought to have all but vanished from the face of the earth. The secrets of its production lost to, presumably, the darkest corner of some vault under the supervision of the Drug Enforcement Agency. And yet, as the former officer with the Greenview PD notes, 
sporadic reports of sparkle on the streets of Greenview and other cities in the region have persisted for the past three decades. As recently as last year, Greenview police officers named sparkle improbable cause warrants, though no seizures of the drug itself have been reported. Similarly, a number of trial defendants have cited sparkle as a mitigating circumstance for their behavior despite, again, an inability to produce any sparkle with which to support their claims. Dr. Lester Aitken, in his 2019 presentation, called Sparkle the, quote, boogeyman of street drugs. And as near as I can tell, the description is apt. By all accounts, its specter has been used to justify or excuse abhorrent behavior, from brutish anti-drug policies to vicious hate crimes, in the Greenview region for decades. Is it possible there's still some secret lab deep in the Montana wilderness eking out micro-packages of Sparkle to the locals? Sure. But the truth is probably far simpler. Our capacity for cruelty towards one another is an addiction in and of itself. Its grip pulling us all, one by one, screaming into the darkest corners of the American beyond. Today's episode was produced by Justin Yandel and Chris Vanderkay. Funding was provided by a generous grant from the Anatomy of a Scream Foundation. I'm Richard Niles. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The American Beyond, a fiction podcast. Join us again next time. The Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad.